we have such a guilt factor. We have a, a shame. It's, it's very much like, if I don't do this, all of these things, if it's, it's very all or nothing. If I don't do all of these things, then I'm not succeeding. I'm not checking it off my list. If I don't feel a certain way, I didn't do well enough. And I think that that's body image that's huge with a stressor and like so many other aspects of our life then now become so much more stressful because you're putting so much stress on your body within your workouts. Welcome to Let's Thrive the Podcast, a place for holistic storytelling with none of the BS and a whole lot of fun. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and my mission is to interview guests that inspire, educate, and empower you to live your best life. In these stories, you'll see a part of your own journey reflected in theirs and learn to grow from it. And with that said, let's thrive. Welcome back to Let's Thrive the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and it's a pleasure, as always, to have you here listening. It is a lovely Saturday evening, and I actually just had an amazing, slow evening after work. Got some computer stuff done, did some meal prep, and then felt just such a intuitive desire to move my body. What's tricky about me working in the service industry and serving long shifts, long days, long hours is that it's a tricky balance between moving my body and giving it rest, right? Like when I'm serving, I'm on my feet for eight hours, constantly moving and hustling. And so that takes a lot. And so my body needs rest. And usually on the days I serve, I don't work out. However, (laughs) I serve about four days a week. And what I found after multiple weeks of doing this is that it's just not the same, right? Like there is something different to me about that long stretch of time where I'm just getting physically tired. But when I do a 10, 15, 20 minute workout where I'm focused and I'm, you know, just like really moving my body, I just feel such a difference in that sort of movement. And so it's really neat to me that I'm in this place where I can intuitively pick what days my body needs a bit more movement or a different kind of movement and what days it needs rest or what days to push myself a bit more and what days to take it easy. I know I've shared about it before and I know many of you relate, but exercise addiction is a real thing. It is a pain in the ass. (laughs) It can take over your life in so many ways and oftentimes pairs with disordered eating and eating disorders. So that is something I've definitely been working through for years now and I do feel confident that I'm getting to a place of just real intuitiveness when it comes to movement. There are still days I struggle, for sure, but nevertheless, it's just been quite the journey. And that's why I'm so excited for today's guest, Tara. She is just such a light. I found her Instagram a few months ago, and I just love the approach she takes to making movement fun and making it accessible to everyone and removing that guilty factor that like push yourself to your limits the don't stop till you're sweating and feeling you know dead inside (laughs) like it's not that type of fitness that she promotes she promotes like gentle intuitive joyful movement that makes you feel strong and capable and releases stress and that's just what I love about everything she shares And so this is the episode for you if you've ever felt stressed out or anxious about movement, if you feel like you should, quote unquote, 
should move because of guilt or some other externalized factor, this is the episode for you because it's going to remind you that movement is for joy. It should be for joy. It should be something that provides stress relief, gives you like an endorphin boost that allows you to move your bodies and experiment, move bodies as if we have multiple bodies. Well, we have mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, whatever have you, but you know what I mean. It's just such a beautiful privilege that we can move our bodies, that this is our choice. We can move our bodies when so many others cannot. And so that's what I just love. And as a personal trainer, movement coach, etc., she really does have a lot of background. She's been in this field for a long, long, long time. And that is part of today's episode. We discuss how in the beginning, she had a much different relationship to her body, to fitness, to movement in general. You know, part of this was fueled by diet culture. Part of it was fueled by the fact that when she was in college playing sports, she was told to lose weight. She was told to go on diets, and that's what began her journey to disordered eating. And with that, you know, some not so great mindsets around fitness and her body and why she should work out. She actually has this post on Instagram that I love, and we talk about it in the episode as well, but her Instagram post says, mistakes I've made in my fitness journey. Trying to be sore after every workout, doing two workouts a day, thinking workouts were only good if I sweat a ton, doing a million reps not taking enough rest days, right? And those are just a few. But what I love is that she talks about this in the episode as well. Like, There's so many misconceptions around what movement has to be or what it should be. And I hope you're picking up on the emphasis <laughs> of those words because it's just as I've been saying, movement is such an intuitive thing. It's what feels good to your body. What feels good to me might not feel good to you. What works for my body type might not work for your body type. Right? Like for so many years, for example, I tried to be a runner. Like I would run endless miles every single day and take one rest. I, I was going to extremes. And what I've just learned over time is that that put so much unnecessary stress on my body. My body's not meant to be a runner. It does not do well with high cardio, high impact workouts. And the moment I quit doing all that was when I got my period back, was when I started to heal my body a bit more. But for others, that type of movement is their jam. Like their body fucking loves it. And so that's just another example. Just like with food, just like with everything in life. It's so individualized. It's so unique. And yet we just try to fit into these labels and molds and boxes. All because of society, you know? Diet culture. All that big money out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so overall, episode fire helps, you know, shifting mindsets with movement, moving for joy, stress relief. We talk about the misconceptions. We talk about the external pressures that come with disordered eating and movement. And then just overall, Tara's experience leaving that toxic fitness culture. And so if this resonates, if it hits home with you, let us know. We would love to connect. I know for me personally, my entire mindset around fitness and movement has shifted tremendously in the past year or two. And it has truly been one of the greatest feelings, like just so freeing and to have to just remove that like addictive, obsessive mindset. And so I really hope this helps. Maybe it gets you thinking, maybe it prompts you to take, you know, action and start incorporating like some more low impact or walking or gentle flows, whatever it is. And you can always reach out to me with questions, Sarah with questions. 
um, talk to, you know, another professional, whatever it be. I just hope this hits home, resonates, and prompts you to give it a thought or two. So you can connect with Tara on Instagram at, I'm going to spell it out, okay? It's at T-A-R-A-L-A-F-E-R-R-A-R-A, linked below. And I'm on there at Emily Feichels and at Let's Thrive Podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts and connect. And last thing, if you have a moment or two and you want to leave a review, it would mean the absolute world and helps the show just get some extra support, grow a little bit. And I'm trying to find some new ways to connect. You know, maybe it's if you leave a review, I pick one once every two weeks and we get to have a chat on Zoom, right? So let me know if that sounds good to you and just a way to like thank you for not only listening, but for taking the time to show your support. So with that said, and without further ado, let's begin. Okay, well, I'm very excited for this conversation, this episode, um, the entire just topic of movement and fitness and body image, it, you know, it correlates and resonates with so many of us. And so it's an honor to have you here today. And before we dive into it, all the good stuff, would you mind just giving a little intro into who you are, you know, what it is you're currently up to, and we'll just dive into things. Yes. So my name is Tara LaFerrera. Thank you so much for having me today, Emily. Um, I am in Denver, Colorado. I consider myself a coach before anything else, but technically I'm a personal trainer, certified yoga instructor, Olympic weightlifting, certified kettlebell mobility, a lot of different modalities with movement, just because I love to move my body in different ways. Um, but I guess first and foremost, I'm a coach, strength coach, specifically probably in the past year or two is what I've more evolved in. Um, I've been in the fitness industry for almost nine years and kind of fell into it. But um, now I know that this is my passion and what I'm put on this earth to do for sure. So it's it's been a really exciting journey. Oh, I love that. And what first, you know, you said you sort of fell into it about nine years ago. So what prompted that first, you know, initial interest and pursuit of the entire world of fitness and movement? Yeah. So I ran track in high school and college, which did you play any sports or anything? I played soccer. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So I was everything with that track team, right? I, I loved being an athlete. I was like, it was a team thing. And then as soon as college was gone, I was like, who am I? I didn't know who I was. I didn't like track is one of those things that like, you don't just go to a track and I was a sprinter. So I just like, all I knew was like run fast, turn left. That's it. It was like, quick, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I didn't really know kind of who I was or what I was doing after that. So I got into long distance running. Cause I was like, I'm a runner. I should run. I didn't like it at all. Like, and I just, I ran three marathons. And I didn't like it. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And so a friend of mine actually asked me to go to a boot camp at a park like several times. And it took me like probably like the third or fourth time for me to be like, okay, I'll go. And it was so much fun. It was a Saturday morning. Like there was just awesome camaraderie, really fun, like equipment at a park, um, high fives, but there was also some competition. And so it was just like totally my vibe. And I just loved it. And so I went to that gym for probably two years before they asked me to like, be a trainer and like, you know, have you ever thought about being a coach? And I hadn't at all. Like I was a bartender. I worked in marketing. Like that was like kind of my thing. And that's where I thought my path was going to be. And then as I got further along teaching classes and further into my advertising career, I realized that I loved fitness so much more than, you know, sitting behind a computer and 
you know, typing emails to people. So I actually got laid off from my, from my job and that in turn made fitness like my full-time thing. So I was probably teaching for a few years in, um, while I was still working my nine to five. And then when I got laid off, I made it my full-time career. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I think so many people can resonate with that, yeah. with the sport mentality, right? Like I, I played soccer for just, you know, all of my childhood and then for my high school years. And I loved it, you know, a lot, but I also knew I wasn't going to take it any further. Mm-hmm. My brother, on the other hand, like he couldn't imagine like moving forward without soccer, right? Like it was his livelihood. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, like with COVID and everything that put a stint in his college, you know, playing time and everything. But I think a lot of people are in or were in that situation you were just describing where, you know, whether it's the sport itself, the activity, the team, like all the parts of it that you just can't imagine really like what, who am I, what do I do without this? And so I think that is how a lot of people sort of find that continuation through coaching or, you know, just classes or trainings, whatever it is when it comes to the fitness world. Yeah. Is your brother still in school now? So he um, actually decided to take a gap year because for him, like when he realized he couldn't play soccer there, he realized like, I don't know if I'm actually into this major. I don't know if I'm like, actually know what I want to do. And so, I mean, it kind of worked out where now he's taking time to really figure out what he wants to do. But I mean, that just goes to show like how much he loved the sport, right? That he was like, not even fully considering all the other aspects of college itself. And I think a lot of people actually do that as well. Um, just from a few close friends and acquaintances of mine as well. Totally. I mean, I, to be honest with you, like I didn't love school. The only reason why I went to school is because I was like, I'm an athlete. I'm going to, I have to do kind of well in yeah. order to keep being an athlete. And that's, I mean, I, I think it's so cool that he realized that. And he like, was like, all right, I'm going to like do this and figure out what I want because I feel like so many people don't have that opportunity. And so many people don't have that chance to step away to really look at it and be like, oh, you know, like I can't do this forever. This isn't something that I can do long-term. Like what actually, who am I and what I, what do I want to accomplish with my life? And especially like being in your early twenties, late Mm -hmm. teens, like everything's all over the place and you have no idea. So I think it's really cool that he was able to do that. Um, But I even think of sometimes as athletes, like last Olympics were canceled. Right. And so think of all those athletes that have worked their entire lives and now they're going up to it and it's canceled. And yes, it was postponed a year, but like so many things can happen in the year, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like that I really feel for, I feel for those athletes that like, this is their entire livelihood. And it was like taken from them and they're like, Oh my God, what do I do for a year? Right. And like when it becomes so much a part of your life and it really becomes like a part of your identity in that sense. And it's so, I can't imagine similarly, like just that mindset of, you know, you have a specific date in mind and suddenly like an entire year, like that's, that's hard. You know, people, whether it's a wedding, like sporting event, whatever it is, like that's, it's a long time to put something that you put so much emphasis on to postpone it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. The loss of identity is huge because I feel like we, we have a very, it's like, who are you? You list out like who you think you are of your identity. And one of those is like athlete. And if that's taken from you, you're like, well, that's, that's number one. That's a huge part of me. And then you're like on this new journey of figuring out who you actually are outside of that, which I think is really exciting, but also very scary at the same time and hard. And, you know, age 20, 21, 22, you're like such a, you, you, have so much life to live and don't really understand much of it yet. 
Yeah. At least that, that's how I felt. I don't know how old you are, but <laughs> that's how I felt. I'm 21, but I've had a very particular life path so far. So yeah. I'm not the best to like, um, to correlate with it, but I, I feel like, yeah, I, I can definitely resonate with that. And I feel like, you know, my brother, others around me this age definitely can as well. And, yeah. you know, on the topic of identity, and I'm just curious, kind of taking it back to the beginning when you you know, first you're just sort of going to this gym, you're more part of it. And then suddenly you become like coach trainer, you know, you're taking more part into it. It almost becomes more of an identity at that point, I assume. Um, Like how was that connection to fitness and movement? Like, did it ever feel, you know, like, I don't, I don't want to say like obsessive or I'm just curious to see like how your mentality around fitness and movement was back then compared to what it is now, right? Like what's the difference between, cause it's been, you know, years. So what, what has changed, I suppose? Yeah. I mean, I remember when I used to go into workouts, even like when I was in track, I used to want to be exhausted. I would go into it. I'd be like, all right, I'm like borderline, like want to throw up. Like I need to be after this. I'm like, I want to be laying on the ground or if I didn't sweat, that was like a huge indication of like, I didn't push myself harder, hard enough. I I need to be better. Or I could have been done better than that. Or if I didn't perform my best every single workout, you know, there was never an off day. I was like, it was very much the like, no pain, no gain. You, you have to do this to earn this. And like, I am so the opposite nowadays. I mean, I'm, you know, 10 years older than you and like know my body really, really well, but all that stuff was just media. It was just like other people and other things telling me I had to do a certain thing and had to be a certain way. But now I do none of that. And I feel so much better in my body and I work out half the time and I feel way stronger than I ever have. And it takes a long time to have that like shift in perspective and mindset of like going into a workout and like, Oh, I didn't really sweat that much. It's like, no, those are some of my best workouts is when I don't sweat. And I'm a sweater. Like I sweat a lot. But it's, it's that the mindset shift is huge. And again, it takes a lot of time, but then you realize like how your body adapts to it and you don't have to be this certain way for it to like be a good workout. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I'd love if you could, you know, we could discuss this a bit more. If you could help explain like why these misconceptions around fitness can, you know, can be damaging at times to our bodies, can just lead us astray, can really put so much extra pressure and anxiety on us when it comes to something that can be as so enjoyable as movement. So if you could, you know, maybe explain those a bit further about why those aren't the indicators we always need. Um, Yeah, I'd just love to discuss that. Totally. Yeah. Really great questions too. I appreciate this um, (laughs) so much because I feel like it's not talked about enough. And I feel like we have such, and especially as women, I will say this, Mm -hmm. we have such a guilt factor. We have a a shame. It's, it's very much like if I don't do this, all of these things, if it's, it's very all or nothing. If I don't do all of these things, then I'm not succeeding. I'm not checking it off my list. Mm -hmm. If I don't feel a certain way, I didn't do well enough. And I think that that's body image that's huge with a stressor and like so many other aspects of our life then now become so much more stressful because you're putting so much stress on your body within your workouts. And so I think the, the mentality behind it for me personally was because I was seeing it everywhere else. I would see it on social media. I saw it in magazines. My coach told me to do this some, you know, be a certain way. 
And so when you're told this for years and years and years, you're like, well, this is how it's supposed to be, right? I should be really sore. I should be really exhausted. But when then you when you actually step away from it and realize that you don't have to, and you can actually feel a lot better in your body than being exhausted, you're like, oh, okay, like this is actually so much better, right? Um, but I think honestly, like it's hard, but it's it's a lot of what we see, right? We are our environment. And if we're always surrounding ourselves with people like that and the environment of like no pain, no gain, you have to go hard or go home. It's like, we're always going to think that. And so for me personally, I had to like remove myself from like groups of friends that would bring me into this negative space or make me get to that point and be around people that would always lift me up and be like, Hey, you don't have to do that. Like you don't have to, I'm super competitive. So I would always go to like hard every time. And so it, it was, it was then a, just an environment shift. And then I would, you know, be on social media and, and change the people I was following. So, you know, I'm like that. My whole goal is to really try and inspire mostly women. I have a lot of men in my program too, but inspire women to move because it feels good movement for joy, not for um, because we didn't do a certain thing or because we ate a certain thing or like guilting ourselves into it. Oh, I so love that you said that movement for joy. I mean, yeah. like, it's just that mindset shift alone of like, can you imagine if every day, like you were able to have gratitude or appreciation or just overall enjoyment for this movement you're doing versus yeah. that feeling of like dragging yourself to the gym, you know, like guilting yourself into it, like setting these ultimatums, like the all or nothing mentality around it. I mean, how much like more joy and just high vibe energy, like are you having in your life because of that shift? Right. And I just think that is, it's, as you said, it's something that we do see portrayed to us so, so often. And um, that's why I'm just so happy we're having this conversation because a lot of people in my community have you know, had their own experiences with body image, exercise, addiction, eating disorders, and it all plays such a part in each other. And that is part of my own story, right, as well, where I had my years of just obsessive, you know, exercise and having certain times and the sweat factor and only doing certain kinds of exercise. And it's taken me so long. And as you said, like removing myself from those environments to really like tune into what my body needs, which is much more low impact, like some strength put in there, yoga, you know, more walking versus running and just finding like what keeps my body feeling its best. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of beautiful though, when you can do that, right. When you can find like the ways that your body moves best. And I'm just curious, like you mentioned a bit in the beginning, what type of like trainings and, you know, areas you are working in now, but how did you start to find like what specific movement types or modalities just really suited your body? Right. Yeah. And I actually have a question for you, you know, yeah. like I, I appreciate talking to someone like you because I feel like at, at my, when I was 21, I was in a really bad place because I was going through a lot of those things and it was a lot of drinking and a lot of food disorder and body image. And I just dug myself deeper and deeper in this hole. And I felt like personally, like I couldn't get out of it. I was like, I, there was no one around me to support me. Right. And I would put that in quotes because there was, but I didn't reach out or at the, you know, they didn't know. And I, you know, figured it out kind of on my, my own, but how did you feel like you got out of where you were going and got to where you are now? Like, 
obviously it took a long time. Like it took yeah. you know, little things throughout the way, but like, what do you think was a big shift for you? I think honestly, for me, it was just starting to be self-aware. So, so often, right. Like we know intuitively and inside like what feels best or, you know, what really like serves our body. But so often we just are taught to like turn a blind eye or we just engage in so many distracting behaviors every day, whether that is just zoning out during our workouts versus tuning in, um, you know, just like tuning out while we're eating food by watching shows and listening to music and eating on the go or whether that's drinking or, you know, binging TV shows, or there's so many ways that you can distract. And I think for me, I just hit a point in my life where I was, I was very sick. I had um, an undiagnosed, like chronic hep C condition. I had my eating disorder. I was overworking my body and I just reached this rock bottom where I knew I had to like make change. And I think, like you said, it was just like a lot of things over time, small shifts, and it was slowly becoming more aware of like my body trying new things, seeing what felt good, seeing what didn't feel good. And just slowly over time, like changing my habits and shifting my mindset. And a lot of it was removing myself from the environments too. Um, I never went to college. I started working pretty much out of high school um, and just have kind of like picked up life skills along the way, had lots of neat opportunities. And I think if I had stayed in college, my path would be a lot different right now. Um, the short time I was there, I was already kind of being sucked into the diet culture, you know, like the hit the gym culture, like all the things we're talking about now. So I truly do think environment plays a big part, but I think there's a lot you can do besides that, you know, and for me now it's, it's therapy. It's reaching out to my close friends that I know understand my specific struggles. Um, it's connecting with communities like yours on Instagram and mine on Instagram and just, putting in your line of vision, what you need to really like grow and change. And I don't know, I mean, it's hard, but as you said, time, patience, put in some work, change your environment and you can really see some change happen. So, yeah. And I, I appreciate that so much too, because it's like, I I like to say, and I like to use this in a lot of different ways, but respecting the process Mm -hmm. because the process comes with so many different failures and obstacles and things along the way. But like, there is no end goal, right? There's not like, you know, there's so much of time where like, I've got to get in shape for a wedding. I've gotten you to this by this. And it's like, no, this is like a lifestyle. This is a long-term thing. Um, you know, fitness and movement should be some, something that isn't a chore. It should be something that brings your energy up, reduces your stress, helps you sleep better, you know, makes you more tolerable. Like myself, I'm like, if I don't get in my movement, I'm not going to be a happy person. You know, um, it increases your sex drive, you boost so many different things. Right. And so I think of it less of like, I have to get in my movement in, or I need motivation to get in my movement in unless like, this is my time for me every day, whatever it is, walk, run, jog, whatever. Um, and that's my time that I'm not going to lose for myself. I'm the boss of my body and I'm not going to miss that appointment with myself, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think your original question was what kind of movement do I do right now? Yeah. Like how'd you sort of <laughs> find, no, I, well, I love what you said there because I think it is true when you yeah. shift that mindset, but yeah, I'm just curious, like, how did you start to find what really felt good in your body versus just like, you know, exactly what society tells us to do, which is just, you know, like, hit cardio and basically that, you know, something like that. Yeah. And it's shifted so much. And even the people in my program at TL method, uh, 
they've seen the shift and because it's shifted within my own programming and who, what I like in my body and realizing that I used to do hit for years and years and years. And that's how I got into fitness originally, right? I was a sprinter. I ran long distance, didn't like to run long distance. Then I got into burpees and hit training and, you know, a lot of fast paced stuff, which I think there's a time and place for it. And I think it's great. I like, and if people really enjoy it and that's how they're going to get their movement in and want to see their friends, I, I think it's awesome. But there is nothing that has made me feel as badass, as confident as myself than strength training. There is nothing cooler in the world than lifting something you didn't think you could before. Landing your first pull-up, seeing a client like hit their first pull-up or first push-up on the ground is like my favorite thing in the world. Like it is so cool because if you can do that, you can do anything, you know, movement is like, it makes you feel so powerful and it makes you feel so, so much like outer body experience. And so for me, strength training has, has done that for the past year. I've really been focusing on just lifting. I've done a couple of competitions actually recently, which have been so much fun and have brought me back into that, like kind of athlete competitive side but even when I'm competing, I'm there because we, I have a really great support system and it's super fun, but it's, it's not that I want to win or like need to win. It's that I'm consistently getting stronger and getting better. And it's the coolest thing in the world because you see your fail and then your fail. I put that in quotes because it's like failure is not a bad word, but some people don't love it. But I see that and all I want to do is succeed from there. You know, even if it's two pounds, five pounds, whatever it is, it's like when you see that increase over time, it's so freaking cool. And so that's kind of where my programming and how I've shifted over time. And again, especially with women, we're so used to not being strong. We're, we're, we're told to be soft. We're told to be sensitive, caring, loving, easy. And when you see someone that's strong, a woman that's strong, it's like, hell yes. Like that's a badass woman right there, you know? And I have a lot of women in my program that are moms and it's like the coolest thing in the world that it's like, you've got your kids and you're just like rolling around doing like shoulder presses with 20 pounds. It's like, that's, I just love to see that. So. Yeah. And I think on that note, like also we're so often told to just be smaller, right. Or to shrink. And I think that is why so many of us get this lure and pull to the cardio and the hit. And as you said, nothing wrong with them. I integrate them into my own movement schedule, however it be. But like, there is something to be said about like, and I'm not saying, you know, strength training makes you huge, anything like that. I'm just saying it is neat to kind of shift that mindset of like movement to be smaller, thinner, you know, fitting into those ideals. And instead just have this idea of like, I want to feel strong or I want to feel you know, grounded in my body, or I want to, you know, just feel just confident, comfortable, you know, like vibrant. And so I, I love that. And it's so neat that you get to work with people in that way too. Right. And um, especially with moms, like I can just imagine like how empowering is that, right? Like to just yeah. feel such a way in your body. And for your kids to see too, and to see mom be strong and to have like, a, I've seen some videos of like the kids working out with the mom, like, it's just so it's really cool to see because that's how they're growing up and they know that their mom feels better after a workout or sees their energy go up and they're like, Oh, this is nice. This is movement that we can all enjoy together. Um, and yeah, being strong doesn't necessarily mean you're lifting the heaviest weight in the, in the world. Like you said, like it just means that you can move your body in different ways 
that can benefit you in so many different ways outside of the hour long workout that you have in the gym, you know? So I think of it less as like, um, getting muscular and more just feeling strong, like you said. Yeah, no. And I'm kind of curious in that sense too. Um, when, since you've had this shift with the strength training and, you know, just overall over the years, shifting your mindset and your flow with movement has your, like, have you, I guess in that sentence, have you ever struggled with body image? And if so, like has shifting movement styles had any play into that as well? Or if you haven't like completely, like, I know it's not everyone does, but I'm just curious to see if that has been a part of your journey as well. I actually wonder if anyone has never had a box. <laughs> I like, I've, of course, I have for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And okay. college was for me. Like I, I went to college at a certain weight and my track coach, you know, the next year told me, asked me why it wasn't that same weight and then put me on a diet and put me on a nutritionist. And like, I did gain for sure. The freshman, sophomore weight for sure. Um, but I was basically told that I was going to be kicked off the team or lose scholarship money. If I didn't lose these like 20 pounds, like I came in at 130 pounds and I was like 150, 155. Like I know that I gained the weight, but the more that I was told to lose the weight, the more I got in these like vicious binge eating cycles. I mean, I was in the dorm the end of my freshman year eating those little like uh, frozen meals. Like I was like on the Nutrisystem diet and then all my friends were going to the dorm, um, you know, cafeteria. And I would be by myself, like in those dorms at 19 years old, just like crying, eating my frozen food. Mm -hmm. And then they would leave and I would just binge eat chocolate and peanut butter. And, and it would just be this like vicious cycle. And that's why I was gaining all the weight and the drinking, like there's so much involved in it, but I was when I, I finally actually left the school, cause she kind of gave me an ultimatum and I was like, I have to get out of here. And then that's when it kind of dipped down a little bit worse. And it was just, and my mom kind of played a role and, and not in a bad way, but she was like, yeah, you did gain some weight. And I was like, oh, and I'm back home and I'm overweight and I lost my scholarship and I'm no longer running track. And it was just so much. And of course I had so bad image on my body for several years. It took me probably like two or three years to kind of get out of that. But that's when I found the, the boot camp in the park. And that's when I kind of opened my shell back up again. But now I've never been more comfortable in my body. I I'm 31 years old and I've never felt like this confident and this good about where I am currently. And doesn't matter if I'm you know, five pounds under five pounds overweight. It's, it's what I look and see at the mirror. Like I'm proud of that body. And I think that's what us as women forget about sometimes. Like we're, we're not thankful and we're not proud of who we are. We're always searching for more. We're always searching for something else. And again, society and social media and always is supposed to take care, big boobs, big ass. Like this is what we're supposed to look like. But I'm, I feel like I'm really trying to shift that mindset of like, no, you be you, be your best version of you and be big, be strong, be small, be whoever you want to be, but like, just be yourself, just be yourself and, and be yourself as much as you can. Oh, I love that. And on that note, I, so I was talking with a friend the other day and I was like, isn't it funny how, you know, like, as you said, we're all always striving for more or the next thing. And it just like clicked for me, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, like 
throughout all the weights I've been, all the sizes, all the shapes, I've never once been like, oh yeah, this is it. It's always like, you know, oh, I want to be curvier. Oh, I want to be smaller. Or, oh, I want to be this. Or, oh, I want to be that. Right. And it's like, if I, if it's, if it's been, you know, 10 years of that already, why, why am I continuing on this path? Right. And I think there is something to be said about also what you said, like being proud of who we are versus just like constantly caring what others are thinking. Right. Cause I do think that plays a part in it. Right. I mean, if we all could just eradicate that that need to please and you know like live up to the societal pressure like how many of us would be comfortable in the body we are in if we could just let go of that pressure and that need to like appease the people in our life or the people we think are meant to be in our life um so yeah i i think that is something to be said and i'm curious um you know when it did come to that like rock bottom, not even a rock bottom, but just like that really, really hard time when everything was, you know, building up, what did kind of push you to start working on that, right? Like instead of just spiraling with it. Yeah, man, I would say definitely the environment, the people I was surrounding myself with, um, the feeling, the, the, the feeling behind movements, the kind of body shifting a little bit, but also being okay with the shifting Mm -hmm. and looking at the scale or looking at the mirror and be like, oh, your body's changing, but that's okay. I wasn't so focused on the change. I was just focused on more about how I felt. And I think the feelings behind it are a lot more important than the physical appearance. I mean, we are all, it's like our physical bodies do not make us who we are. We are not our bodies. We are so much more than that. Um, But like with so much other things, right? It takes so much time and patience and and positivity and people surrounding you and supporting you with that as well. But yeah, I would just say like being kinder to yourself, being kinder to your body and that it's an able body. You know, we can do so much. We get to, not we have to, we get to do a lot of that, you know? Yeah, another another mindset shift there. (laughs) Uh, So I guess, you know, on that note, when it does come to these workouts and really feeling empowered and being, you know, recognizing that we are able to do this, we get to do this. It, you know, it's, it's a joy. It can be a joy. What are some ways that you suggest people just, you know, they make the most of their workouts or if someone's getting started, you know, in some more, you know, they're just exploring a new way, maybe that's strength training or bar or, you know, low impact, whatever it is. I guess, what are your like top tips for someone trying new things or just overall making more, you know, impact, more intentional workouts with what they're doing? Yeah. Um, this is a great question because I feel, I, I was talking to my fiance about this the other day because we've all, especially with COVID, we've been in this box and we've been here for a while and it's comfortable now. And now we're at the point where I don't know about you, but my friends asked me to go places and I'm like, oh, but do I have to? Cause I've been in this box for a year, you know? And of course we go to the gym, we go to the grocery store or whatever, but we are in this comfort zone. And right now it's hard to go somewhere new, to try a new thing, to like go to the gym or get started on a new routine. Cause it's scary. And it's a huge thing that we haven't done in a really long time. Right. Even if it's like going to see a friend and meeting them for class. But I would say like really the number one thing you can do is Hey, hype yourself up for it. I love a good dance break. I love good, you know, music, like really getting yourself up for it. 
but B, finding an accountability buddy or something that you can meet there at maybe let's say a bar class or something, whatever you're talking about. Um, holding yourself accountable by buying a pack. Maybe it's a five pack or 10 pack. So you go more than once. I don't know about you, but I used to like do class pass where I'd go like one time and I'd be like, oh no, I, they're never going to see me again. And I just like never go back because I was like so scared and they knew each other and it was very like clicky, you know, that's how yep. it can be. And so going with a friend is really helpful, but also being like, Hey, I've been in my comfort zone for a year or however long, how can I shift my mindset into believing that I can do and try something else? Um, putting it on your calendar. I love a good Google calendar. Like this is my time. I'm not missing it or saying like something I'll, I'll be like, um, if I don't get up and run at, at 6am, I owe you $10 and I'll literally Venmo someone or like a client of mine will like Venmo me $10. I'll just keep that in the bank or something, you know, like something where it's like, you're really trying to hold yourself accountable to it, but also knowing that it is scary. It is like a big step, but knowing that's like another step closer to feeling better in your skin and your body. And so I wouldn't necessarily even think of it more as like how much you can get out of your workout and more just, just getting in your movement. Okay. You know? Yeah. No, I like that. And I think that made me think of, um, I'm reading this book, Atomic Habits. I've been reading it for a while now. <laughs> I'm getting to the I end, but um, I love it because it's just really made me analyze, you know, my habits and what ones are currently serving me, what ones aren't. And when it comes to movement, you know, I, I waitress on the side and then I do, you know, virtual assistant stuff, all the other, you know, at home ones. But when it comes to these days, when I go into work so often, it's very easy for me to just opt out of movement. Mm -hmm. And I found though, that even just 10, 15 minutes of like mindful movement, whatever it is, it helps energize me for those long shifts and it helps me get through them. And it just keeps my body, you know, much more able and flexible, but I really had to start creating like a habit out of it. And as you said, like, whether that's buying like a pack of the classes or having someone that really gets you there, whatever it is you have to do to make that into just like a habit that really serves you. I feel like then it does become like much more simple and it allows that flexibility of like, yeah, you're not necessarily like trying to get a crazy sweat or that exhausted feeling out of the workout. You're just trying to get there and then you're doing it and then you're feeling yeah. it and whatever comes of it comes of it. So I really love that idea with it. And um, yeah, if anyone needs the, the book Atomic Habits, I highly recommend it for any like lifestyle habitual things. Yeah. Um, especially I'm like movement fan. is one. Oh, you yeah. read it? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huge fan. I, I definitely recommend it to all my clients too, because the, one of my favorites, and I don't know if you've gotten here yet is habit stacking. Yes, yes, yes. It, it's such a great way to be like, I've been wanting to learn more Spanish and I literally cannot sit down and have coffee until I get 10 minutes of Duolingo done. I'm oh, like, okay. all right, I do this before this, because I say that I want to do it. And then I just like, it becomes the rest of the day. And then I lose that on my streak and I'm mad that I lost that on the streak. So it's like adding one little thing and making just like what you said, five minutes, 10 minutes or something before a shift or before you do something else, because you're always going to drink your, for me, I'm always going to drink my coffee. I'm always going to wake up in the morning. What can I do to add on to that to get me closer to where I want to be? You know? Yeah. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. I mean, yeah. Like adding in to make you feel good is like 
always a good feeling. And yeah, habit stacking has been like my number one. I, yeah, it's the only thing that's really like helped me thus far because it is, I can rely on it so much. And I've done that with, yeah, meditation and um, even like timing of my schedule with work. Like there's, there's so much in that book. I love it. But yeah, it's the stacking part is definitely revolutionary. (laughs) And by the way, waitressing is tough. I was a waitress for a long time, a bartender. Um, what is it? A like cocktail, cocktail host. Yeah. Server and stuff like that for a really long time. Those are long shifts. You're on your feet for a really long time. Most of the time for me, it was like, let's go drinking or do something afterwards. You're eating the food that's there. It's like constantly. So I love that you give yourself that five, 10 minutes or something to get yourself prepared for the shift, but know that like, it's tough. It really is tough. And I think a lot of people should be a waitress or waiter at some point in their life. Like, you know, I like feel like everyone should be in the food industry at one point. So you can realize like that it's tough out there. Oh, I, I agree. And I say this to all my friends. I'm like, I just wish everyone could work in service at some point. So that up with these bitchy comments and the complaints and just people like yeah just not realizing the depth of like what it takes to work in that industry and I'm thankful that like this is just a phase of my life you know like it pays amazing and I'm happy that it allows me to do my side passions and work very flexible hours right but like I yeah there's it's very intense work like mentally and physically. And so, yeah, I agree. Like it's, um, it really teaches you a lot. It's like, it's lots yeah. of life skills in there, but, um, yeah. you know, I appreciate you saying that as well. Cause it is easy to, and I think a lot of people, right. Like if you, you're a nurse or you're anyone, you know, especially I have friends in the hospital and they're working crazy long shifts, you're on your right. feet. Yeah. And I just feel, cause there is such a, it's like you, you miss your movement. You feel the pressure to do it sometimes, but sometimes it is the best to just respect where you're at in the moment. So yeah, exactly. well that too. Yeah. But even if it's like five, sometimes I'll be like, all right, take five minutes or mm-hmm. take, take three breaths. Like yeah. literally just like before you go into work, just like sit back and breathe for three breaths. That's it. You'll go in there with like so much more like calm and serenity. Like I have to do that to myself. Sometimes if I'm like in an argument with my fiance or with a friend or something, I'm like, okay you're good. You're fine. You know, like even yep. taking the breaths before you go in, like that's just mindful movements. You can do it with food. You can do it with work relationships. There's so many different ways to do it, but even if it's like five or 10 minutes, it really shapes your day. That's for sure. Makes all the difference. Yeah. Uh, well, I love that. And I guess just, you know, to sort of wrap things up here, if there's any last bit of just like advice or a thought that's been on your mind lately, anything that's sort of been, you know, present in your life in the moment that you'd like to share with others like what what's been on your mind what's coming up for you um it could be anything it could be affirmation bit of wisdom an experience just anything that you'd like to share with those listening today yeah I think recently for me and this was like I I went through yoga teacher training a few years ago now but one of the hardest things I've ever had to do for myself really is to be in the moment and be very present I'm always thinking about even when I'm like in yoga or in a workout or something like you were saying I'm thinking about my to-do list I'm thinking like before I go to sleep like it's always this other thing and for me and for a lot of my clients I'm like just be here right now be here with Emily for this 45 minutes you know be on this call be in the moments because the more we focus on the future, the less we can enjoy the present. 
And so it's okay to like want big things and be excited about big things. But when you're with people or when you're in something like be in it and just be super present. And I'm, I'm preaching this to myself and everyone else as well. I love that. I just saw the other day, a quote that very similar idea to that of like, we know we never have today again, and just such the reminder to truly be present and so many beautiful ways to do that. So I love that. Um, Where can people follow along to learn more, just, you know, get all the good vibes you have. I love your content so, so much. So where can everyone find you follow along and get the good stuff? Yeah. So pretty much everywhere I'm Tara LaFerrera, just my first and name and last name. Um, I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, a little bit of YouTube. Um, And my website's just my first and last name. So would love to chat with you guys. Perfect. And I'll have it all linked below as well. So thank you for coming on today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me.